Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. Welcome back to the house list. This is my weekly podcast. Peter Agassin is my name. I am the producer and the host of the show. Each and every show is edited and engineered by my man, CJ Stewart, out in California. Uh, he's moving. I'm moving around. So that's why last week we didn't have an episode. But more importantly, last week we didn't have an episode because I was preparing and traveling for uh, the first ever house list live taping, which took place at the Waking Windows Music Festival in Winooski, Vermont, just outside of Burlington, Vermont. I was brought up there by Patty and Brian and shouts to Nick and Jasmine, uh, who, um, yeah, I was there for the festival. They brought me up to do a live taping of the house list, which I did with um, an incredible rapper and writer producer, Milo, um, who's out of Milwaukee. But, uh, you know, we I'll get into like uh, sort of breaking uh, his story down in just a sec. So, yeah, so that was exciting. I'd never done the house list yet uh, in front of an audience. Now, I've been on stage in front of audiences many times for many years, uh, but this was the first time, and I'm hoping genuinely that it leads to many more times. I really enjoy doing these conversations and these interviews live in front of an audience. So this was like kind of a test. This was our pilot in a way, and I think that it worked out. I think it was a big success. I was honestly, I was a bit nervous, but, um, uh, it all sort of fell into place and Milo was someone I hadn't even, I had never met him before. So it was kind of exciting in that regard. So I got to, we got to sort of know each other in the midst of a conversation on stage, uh, in front of an audience. Um, and he had his, uh, production partner, his homie, um, Safari Al, Alex, who was with him. They kind of have a label sort of movement thing called um ruby yacht that's dope that uh we got into and and uh and yeah um i'm still like sort of processing it all even though now i'm back in new york i'm back in brooklyn it's a couple days later um it's not raining anymore but yeah i took this nine hour amtrak train from penn station to essex vermont and the promoter picked me up um, it had been a while since I'd, I'd done one of those kind of trips and it was, it was fun, man. It was actually awesome. I love it. And I love traveling by train as well. And, uh, I sat, I watched, um, every episode of rapping with the Rixer, Ricky Powell's cable access show from the nineties. Then I watched, uh, out of sync in 1995 feature length film starring LL Cool J that was, uh, also quite, um, entertaining. And I tried to do some work, do some writing, some emails, some calls, and stuff like that. And um, I got a text from my man Bobby Simmons of Stetsasonic, the drummer of the original hip-hop band Stetsasonic, while I was traveling up there. And he hit me, and he told me that uh, he ran into Andre 3000. And that Andre 3000, of course, of Outkast, um, <laughs> uh had peeped our conversation out our, on the podcast, on the house list, this very podcast that you happen to be listening to. So I was like, wow, say word, really? And uh, I was, you know, excited, exhilarated. That was episode 28 of the podcast, by the way, Bobby Simmons. And uh, what's also kind of fun and interesting is that over the last week, 
last weekend we surpassed over 10,000 plays on soundcloud.com so if you listen to this on soundcloud it's the houseless podcast so you can find it that way it's also on itunes stitcher and google play but um i thought that was cool okay this is starting to gel a little bit this is starting to happen just a little bit you know i i I run a booking agency i run a record label i got a lot of stuff going on in my life so to be able to take time out of the week to do one or two of these conversations and have it somehow connect um and yeah the andre 3000 thing that's dope that's cool that's a cool bonus um but anybody listening to it is great for me it can be anybody i don't care um if you're a mega celebrity or if you're just like um just like me just a normal guy and stuff or gal um the more gals listening the better and and trust me i'm uh it's just a matter of scheduling. There's several women that are slated to be on the podcast too. So I know it's getting a little dude heavy, but you know, anyway, I digress about that. So waking windows, um, this past weekend in Winooski, Vermont, where I'm going to get into this conversation, uh, very shortly with, with, uh, Milo and, um, Alex Safari Al, who's with us on stage. She didn't say a ton. Um, but I did, I did kind of Im- implore a little bit out of him too, cause they do a lot of music together and they're friends. They traveled together. They drove all the way there from Milwaukee. They drove from Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Burlington, Vermont, um, which is pretty amazing. And they even gave me a ride back to the hotel afterwards. Uh, I walked from the hotel to the festival. It was like an hour, uh, which is a great time. In fact, I did a lot of walking while I was there. I walked around. I saw people scuba diving in the lake in Burlington. I saw little children do a parade downtown like at 8 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, yeah, just was prepping and getting my head together and just getting ready to do this thing. Um, and listen, if you have a, a, a music festival or a podcast festival or you're at a college or you do like readings at galleries and stuff like that you can hit me up to do the podcast through the houseless live where i would interview someone and mostly you know initially let's you know do someone in music whether it's someone in the music industry uh, you know a label owner or publicist a, a manager or tour manager or booking agent or or an artist someone in a band or a producer or a vocalist a dj um any number of things i'm down you can get at me i'm at how i'm at um twitter at houseless pod follow me there uh you can even find uh, my email address at the um soundcloud page so soundcloud.com backslash the houseless podcast so reach out any way you can and uh, find me i'm down to do this we can we can uh, work it out i'm available looking at the fall winter and spring of 2018 for sure so let's see what else here before we get into this great conversation oh yeah uh well waking windows as a festival itself was great um it was like all based around this town square in winooski vermont and uh it was a great bill it was cool it sort of was like uh kind of like a south by southwest vibe or you know any kind of smaller regional festival where it's all contained in like basically one city block um and uh i saw my old roommate bob jones from eaters a band called eaters from brooklyn um 
But yeah, I saw real estate, check, 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 Dan Deacon. I saw them play. Um, I got to finally see Milo rock live, which was great. Uh, Mind Design was there. Even uh, uh, the homie Open Mike Eagle was was uh, um, got on Milo's set. I missed his performances. He played the night that I arrived, but it was great to see him. I hadn't seen him in a while, and um, yeah, it was dope. It's a great festival. If you if you're ever in the north, greater northeast, or around Vermont during that during this time of year, um, it was their seventh uh, Waking Windows. So yeah, I think you can go to even go to like uh, yeah WakingWindows.com. And check it out. I want to I want to give them a shout out though, because what we did was at the Stoplight Gallery in Winooski. It's called Waking Life. It was like a full day of speakers and people that were involved in radio and like cable access and like uh, there was some cool people. And I got there early and peeped out some of the stuff. And um, yeah, I think the essentially the people that were like really involved were from this kind of local community radio station, uh, WBTV. Uh, that's 99.3 FM if you're in Burlington, and it's 993WBTV.org. Uh, check them out because they were instrumental in taping this um, conversation. So, okay, I think I've talked enough. Ten, I'm hitting the 10-minute mark, so if you haven't already fast-forwarded through this, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. I got a couple really great episodes coming up uh, following this one too. So yeah, I'm going to try to really deliver some great ones because I'm going to Europe at the end of the month. I'm going to Hungary to visit my family in Budapest. So I'm going to try to give you some really great ones before I leave. And yeah. So anyway, Milo, check out my conversation with him recorded live at Waking Windows in Winooski, Vermont in front of a live audience. In fact, the whole room filled up by the time we were done because people were just coming off the street. Some people knew him, were like hardcore fans. Some people were not hip at all and uh, were just engaged in the conversation. And I thought it was cool. It was cool. It was a light thing where we covered his career. We talked about a new album. He has a new album coming out probably in the third quarter of this year. Um, and we talk about that. We talk about his previous releases as well. Um, and I thought it was great. I think the dude is super uh, awesome shit that's worth checking out. If you're not hip to him, like I'm telling you right now, seek his material out. He has about like three records that you can find right now. The label um, is really dope. They do these zines and tapes and some cool merch. It's called Ruby Yacht. So find that. That's a good starting point. And yeah, I'm going to talk to you guys at the outro too. All right, y'all. Thanks so much. We're back. With the house list, check out my conversation, me and Milo, right now. All right. Check. True. Check. <laughs> True. True. Check it. Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Well, um, here we are in Winooski. Um, this is uh, a live recording, a live taping of the house list podcast. I'm Peter Augustin, the host. And the producer of the show, this is the first time I've ever uh, recorded in this um, manner before. And uh, typically, I, I actually even have a handheld mic. So with my guests, they're usually, one, I do this in the living room, my, in the living room of my home, mostly, or sometimes in a hotel room or something like that. Um, and uh, it's usually like I have a little mic like this. 
which actually stopped working like five minutes before I got here too, because oh, I was gonna wow. back it up. So it's very and ironic too. But I'd be like, uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. I record like. Yeah. So it's like a little task thing. So, um, but so this is kind of cool. So we have um, our all of our own microphones, um, and I have uh, a special guest. I, I get to keep this mic. Yeah. <laughs> If I have anything to say about it. I get it. to keep this mic? That's cool. I knew I liked Waking Windows. So, oh, great. We got a couple guests. Uh, here we are. Well, um, just starting up the uh, first uh, live taping of the Houseless podcast. Um, I'm Peter Agostin, your host and the producer of the show. We're here live at Waking Windows in Winooski, Vermont. Um, and I'm with my very special guest, Milo, in the house. What's up? And his man, what's your name again? Alex. Nice. <laughs> Tight. Well, um, Tight. I'm excited to finally talk to you, and actually to talk to both of you, because I, I didn't know that, um, that, that uh, Alex, that you would be here. I have to bring a trigger man with me. Yeah. I wonder if we, it's interesting, the, the, uh, it's also an adjustment to hear, hear you, because we're like kind of bouncing off the walls, too. So. Oh, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, it's stadium cool. style. The echo chambers, it's like it yeah. comes with the room, you know. We're in the metaphor. So, um, I guess uh, I've been trying to think of a way to to find a starting point in the conversation too, because um, I didn't really these uh, when I do my uh, the podcast, which is usually just like uh, kind of informal conversations with artists. Um, you find it's on iTunes and SoundCloud and the Stitcher app. Uh, they, I'm usually just. Uh, we just kind of start going, and whether it's based around uh, a musician's albums or certain um, releases, uh, that's, not, that's kind of like um, a bonus or it's a little inconsequential. So I wanted to really try to figure out an interesting way to start with you because, especially because your man's here too, you guys are both, um, uh, you both live in Milwaukee. We live in Milwaukee. Same yeah. block. So Same I, block. But you've lived in a... You've, Deep block. Yeah, on D block, Pearson block. So, but you've uh, kind of moved around a lot growing up too. So, yeah. I've how long have you been in Milwaukee though? I've been in Milwaukee now for two years. Okay, cool. And what about you? So, Sam? we lived together for the first or last year. So, how did you guys link up? Was it school? Yeah, high school? High school. Yeah, we met in high school. We both did theater. What uh, what town was that in? Kenosha, Wisconsin. Okay, Kenosha, Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Which isn't that far from Milwaukee, right? No, it isn't. It's about forty minutes. So then, like, because I was trying to get a grasp of how rooted like you guys are in Milwaukee, as far as like artists. Uh, I don't really. Not very. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, because you. I mean, it sort, of, and that's interesting too, because it sort of goes into like you know, growing up, you kind of moved around a little bit too, as well. Yeah. So, because I was trying to think, I wonder if there's if where you guys are, where you live now, how um, much that even informs the material, because a lot of stuff has come out from both of you in the last couple of years. So it's been while you've been in Milwaukee. So do you do you feel you don't really feel any kind of like. Uh, um, real connection to that place. Well, I'm, for a living, I'm a, I'm a touring musician, so I'm not home very often. Right. And I, I chose Milwaukee to move to after a failed stint in LA because it was cheap and kind of like a represented an off the map space. Right. Yeah, and it still does. And I mean, 
that is the pro and the con of that place. Yeah, what's the vibe of that place? I've never been. I've been all around, but I've never been to Milwaukee. Never kicked in there. Mm. I shows mean, there. It's Rust Belt City. Yeah. Just typical failing infrastructure, um, rampant racism and segregation. I mean, it's a pretty miserable place to be, uh, especially if you're black. Yeah. Is there even, like, it's funny because the Rust Belt, too, is in a sort of weird um, flux of you mm. look at, as far as, like, you know, if you talk about, like, gentrification in, in, in certain cities, say, like, you take Detroit, for example, or Pittsburgh, that are kind of, like, um, mutating a little bit. I feel it seems like Milwaukee is still kind of pretty low on that list, right? Or do you see that happening there? Yeah, we're seeing it happen there. They're building, like, a new... I don't know, many hundreds of million dollar buck stadium. Oh, wow. There's all type of new players and shit on that team that people will fucking pay money to stare at. So, yeah. It's yeah, I mean, you, and then you, have, you actually have, like, yeah, there's a baseball team there, too. There is a, there is I don't a know sports there, infrastructure. I, I, I blot all that shit out of my mind. Right. This Milwaukee consists of, like, my boys on the same block as me, my family, and we just... We really don't participate in anything that Milwaukee is proud of. <laughs> yeah. Like a true uh, touring artist. That's cool, man. I can dig it. Because I think the first time I even became sort of uh, cognizant of your music was really maybe in the, at the very beginning of like the Hellfire Club like mm -hmm. era. Mm -hmm. um, and that inadvertently, I think, I think at first I thought that you might just be from Los Angeles, like right, yeah. because I'll, everyone, I, for the most part, I think everyone else yeah, was, I was from like the oddity. Mm -hmm. So how did you even? Uh, I know this is probably well-worn territory, but how did you even fall into those? No, it's not that well-worn. Yeah, because I've been curious because it is because you are kind of, uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, it's not like an outsider to that clique, but you're well, not lo a native of Los Angeles. I mean, Angeles. to really understand it is like the great migration occurred, right, for black people. And so there was just a few hub cities where really, if you're black, you can trace your family back to. So yes, Hellfire Club is a LA rap crew, but many members of that rap crew can trace family to Chicago. And that's where we kind of met. I met Mike Eagle through my uncle. They both had pledged the same fraternity. Really, okay. Yeah, so I grew up listening to Mike Eagle's music, hearing him rap in parks, whatever. So Open Mike Eagle was the first kind of connector yeah, to Open that. Open Mike Eagle put me on the uh, bus driver's music when I was a kid. That's what's up. And so then, I mean, from like 12 on, really? listening to bus, you know what I mean? And so uh, I guess rearing myself on that music helped them to appreciate me, even though I'm not from LA. So mm -hmm. like when I did meet Reagan, bus driver, he was really the person who went up to bat for Hellfire signing me, even though I wasn't from LA. Mm, yeah, because it's interesting too. Because now, like, I've been really immersing myself in your music during this trip too. And I came up from New York. I took the nine-hour train ride from New York. Mm -hmm. You guys just played in Bennington College uh, mm -hmm. last night too, and y'all been on the road already for several days, I assume, mm -hmm. as well too. So we've all kind of traveled long distances to get here here in Winooski at Waking Windows. Um, but I'm just trying to frame it a little bit more too, mm -hmm. because. You know, I've known those guys. I've known a lot of the Project Blown and the Free Self Fellowship guys for a long, long time. And Reagan, um, also known as Bus Driver, uh, for, for many, many years, too. And did, did touring with him as CVE and Rifleman and L.A. Cool oh, a long time ago, cool. back in the day. Yeah, DJs that's for really them. Cool. Yeah, we did a, this crazy tour with Circus, Bus Driver, L.A. Cool, and uh, Rifleman. Just like in Oregon and Northern Hooligans. California. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Uh, we got... In, 
there was fisticuffs. Yeah, of course and, there was. Uh, lots yeah. of other stuff. So, Damn. but but it's interesting because your the music is informed by that kind of a portion of it seems to be mm -hmm. informed by the the um, that the leg of Project Blow that Bus Driver really like that brought community. In. Say what? That community. Absolutely. Lamert yeah. Park as a yes. community. Good life. Lamert Park life. in Los yeah. Angeles was a part of uh, Los Angeles that bred a, um, a, a, a wide range of, of artists, not just rappers, but a lot of poets and uh, cool thinkers and singers and bands and stuff yeah. too. Um, and it's a very interesting part of LA too that's also uh, you know changing and evolving and stuff. So. Um, we had to move out there for ourselves and see it. Yeah, so yeah, how long were you living there? We were there for like, shoot, nah, like maybe nine months, the gestation period, the time to make a child. We, we, did you guys like go out there, drive out there together and find yeah, a crib? Yeah, we drove out there together. We found a spot. It was in uh, Boyle Heights. Uh huh. And we lived there. It was actually kind of an interesting time because are you familiar with like a lot of SoundCloud rap stuff? Yeah, I have a pretty good Words, so like, of SoundCloud rap. At the Maybe time, the people in the audience might not have a, a breadth word. of that, but uh, but yeah, so I break mean, it down. Yeah, they'll, they'll find it. But there's a few crews, Thrax House, which some of the members then mutated into a crew called Goth Boy Click. And so they were living in our house, or we all lived in one house. And so it was a really creative, interesting time. It was like 10 to 12 people wow. in like a three-bedroom. You know what I mean? Just... Bunch of different artists. That's cool. Yeah, LA has a, a great. Um, there's a way about Los Angeles that you can find that, but I think that in mm -hmm. certain cities, artists like that, regardless of the era, to or year, they kind of can find themselves. It's whether it's like a punk rock squat or something <laughs> like that. Because if even if you go do the history in LA too, Far Side, the group, the Far Side had a house where they lived. It's called the Far Side Manor when they were like 19, 20. That's dope. Uh, where it was a lot of dudes like that in the fellowship and. And people all kind of congregated. They partied, but they also made a lot of amazing music. So right. you guys were making music in that house as well. Yeah, we were making music in that house in the beginning, and then we got. I started renting a garage from someone in um, Echo Park, and it became the Wahoo Monastery, also known as the Houseboat. And then that was really where like people would come through and record and hang out. But that was that was your guys' studio setup that you yeah, set up. That was Alan I's spot. So, so what for you? What records? Maybe this would be an easy way for people to, to kind of gain some uh, perspective on too. For what what records that people know of of, of y'all's that did you do at, in that era from that location? Red Redwall. Yeah, nice. we did the entirety of the Redwall record there. We did. Um, I started playing speaking there. I started so the flies don't come there. Um, really like. So it's a pretty prolific uh, place. Extremely important place. It was where I really discovered how to like produce music, like make beats right. that I liked was was in that little garage. Right. Yeah. So was that at the same time that um, this, because you have a label too, an imprint. Right, Ruby Yacht. Yeah, we made that at the time. Yeah. Ruby, Ruby Yacht, Yacht is not an imprint, by the way. I mean, Ruby Yacht is its own label. We're distributed by Alpha Pup, but we are not an imprint. Right. So, or, okay. But you would you, why would you... Like how do you that look means at we it? have full autonomy and we are our own company and we don't accept checks from anybody else. A distributor gets our music to an audience and they require a fee for that. Right. But if we were an imprint, they could dictate 
how we present ourselves or even what the music is. The distributor works for us. Absolutely. Or, but you also do some like not like not necessarily uh, you know uh, non-physical music stuff too because there was a time you had a zine for a while as well. Oh yeah, we do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, Obruxo. Yeah. So break that down for me because I've never physically seen or we have saw. some with us here. We'll sell some. Oh, oh, yeah. cool. We'll, we might even give you one. Oh, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah, we have some. Um, it was a way to pay mostly writers of color um, for you know good ideas and to write them down. Our last issue had thirteen writers. Mm. Um, so yeah, they were pretty fat, and that's kind of why we stopped production. Is Exactly what you just said, a zine, it outgrew that. So we're trying to find maybe like um, a publisher to work with on it and present it in a different format. Right, yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, you can graduate. I mean, a zine kind of uh, can box you in sort of No, no shade, zine is dope and we still make zines. It's just this project became something else. Gotcha, mm -hmm. so how do, how do you come about uh, finding those writers or is it writers and illustrators too? Cause no, all the visuals are done by Al for oh, the most cool. part. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Al is like our in-house visual genius hmm. among other geniuses he carries, but yeah. Yeah, so I know right before we started recording we were talking about you, you have a, 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 pro a music project that's just about to come out or just came out came out on may 1st on may 1st nice well that was just uh, a few days ago so but I, I know i bungled the title of the record too what's it called again it's called stone school it's my first collection of poetry and it's uh it's uh orated over beats and it's 32 minutes yeah yeah i love it i think it's great man so did you produce this as well or how did you guys yes do oh okay cool <laughs> So yeah, I mean, that's another thing. When I was listening to that and sort of in uh, uh, contrast to Milo, to your material, both mm. older and newer, like I started to try to um, visualize how you guys record when you're in, in a place together because a lot of it seems as though the writing has like a lot of nonlinear style mm -hmm. um, uh, approaches to it. Some of it's almost like a haiku style thing. There's some really interesting like um, uh, ways of repeating, like repetition and stuff like that. So do you, are you, uh, and this is a very elementary journalism question, but do you, especially for like a hip hop journalist type question, do you find, are you like writing uh, without, without any music playing at all and then you'll just apply that like from uh, like just, just your own writing away from being like in a traditional studio scenario where like music is playing, you're writing to a record that you're about to record right then and there? Yeah, I'm writing all the time and um, I'm also writing in the studio. And then I like to combine it, you know, give a verse different textures that way. Yeah. Dope. So you also, it's interesting because you've been here that we're in Vermont, that we're in Burlington and Winooski. Mm -hmm. um, some people, it's like their first time up here playing. Um, and I've been here uh, a handful of times too, both DJing and hanging out. But you guys, you've played here a few times already as yeah, well. Yeah, we've played here a few times. Yeah, last time I played in Burlington, I got called a nigger um, while I was on stage. Really? Yeah, it was tight. By someone in the audience? <laughs> yeah, somebody paid money to come and call me a nigger at my show. Well, how, what happened after that? Nothing happened. Nobody cared. So I just had to finish my set and then jump off stage and 
then of course when that happened, everybody cared, and then the fool got kicked out. But hmm. mm-hmm. that's a little unnerving. It's whack. Yeah. <laughs> but you also did, did. You spent some time. You grew up kind of close to here as well, right? I mean, um, the next state over, if I'm not mistaken, right? Two states over. Oh, did I mess that up? Well, I Ma- feel like New Hampshire is in between, right? That's a good question. I might have to. It goes with New Hampshire. Sorry, Maine, y'all. Right? Um, but you grew up. In, you spent some time in Maine, right? Yeah, my family. So, um, yeah, my father's family has roots in Maine, and uh, I lived out there for a while. Mm-hmm. What was this like? This was before. This was like as a youngster, right? So, if you guys, went yeah, to this high school, was like got... you know, uh, first grade. Oh wow! Second grade, and then we moved. So how was that? What was that? What was it like? It was it, cool. It's small town, Maine, right? Yeah, I lived in Norway, Maine, when I was in first grade. It was really cool. Um, my dad has a giant personality, so living in a small town is kind of hilarious because, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, we just we got to know everybody in a cool way, and he would do a lot of fly stuff for me as a child, like orchestrate block-wide water gun fights and stuff wow. like that yeah my dad was really fly like that um so it was cool has he been are your folks or your family like do they um get the music stuff like yeah they raised me on this music stuff i was trained to be a rapper and that was because of my parents what so what kind of music were uh i grew up listening to rap my whole life my earliest memories of rap music my mom loves x clan nice and that's like to the east blackwards of course really like one of the first rap records I can remember listening to. And my dad loves Biggie, so that's that's kind of my origins. Yeah, two great Brooklyn artists too. Mm-hmm. I actually befriended Professor X, uh, oh, Lumumba Carson, um, not long before he passed. Wow. And he was a very cool guy, very affable, and um, was just a, a really neat person. You I'm know? jealous. Um, and but I love Exodus too. I love both. I love Exodus and to the East Blackers. Mm-hmm. They're both like so, uh, you know, wildly unique. Um, we have this radio show called Ruby Out Radio, and for a while, I was starting every episode with the uh, Verbs of Power poem that Professor nice. Exodus, because I love that so much. And there was something in one of your lyrics too. You said something about the Grand Verbalizer. Oh yeah, that. I love that as an idea, and I like to return to it sometimes. This, this entity, the Grand Verbalizer. Yes. Which that. was, I think, was uh, Brother Jay's um, yes. moniker. Right? Yes, but like, mm, in my mythos, it becomes like a spirit that passes from person to person, the grand verbalizer. So there's times when I say that and I'm referring to specific people. And I'm trying to make it make sense in the context that I do it, but yeah. Yeah, one thing that I noticed too with your records, which I love, what, maybe what I gravitate to the most um, is how referential it is. Mm-hmm. And there's so many little things, nuggets, I guess, to pick up on. Um, right. And stuff, if, I, love, I love hearing a name of something, especially in hip-hop, and I, you know, that's like really my foundation. I mean, I work with a lot of different kind of artists, but I kind of came up in hip-hop. But I love learning about something or someone that I've never heard of before from, in, a, in, a, in a rap That's song. an element of hip-hop that people forget about is knowledge. And yeah, I like that too. Yeah, because you had all types of, you know, I, lo- I love reading. I'm not, I mean, I might not know every author, but the, you mm-hmm. drop all types of cool authors you, uh, in, in the songs that, that it's like, I remember my earliest kind of formative years listening to hip hop, listening to people like X-Clan and, and uh, Brand Nubian and Public Enemy and so forth, where in KRS-One, where they would, 
mention certain pe political characters or yeah. uh, and you would want to uh, educate yourself about what they must be cool or interesting if they were being brought up in a song. And what's a, I mean, as a teacher, what is the best sign of your success as a teacher than having your student be interested in what you're talking about? Yeah, That's absolutely. why rap is so fly. Is, uh, a lot of people discredit that, yeah. Like, someone like Doom is kind of where I really got into that style because he's referencing a lot of stuff on the face that people might enjoy and laugh at, but then he'll embed these really serious references in there. And it's like, man, if I hadn't read this comic book, I wouldn't now know who the Ansars are. You know, and that's yeah. that, that relationship and that process of transferring knowledge is really cool and um, something I try to do. Yeah, I think, and it can go both ways where it's like if you get a reference or if it, it, and it hits you in a certain way, whether it's like a nostalgic way or if you're completely unfamiliar with it and you want to then like try to learn about it and look it up, it's, it can be really rewarding in a way where I don't think a lot of musicians, sometimes they don't really take that into account, you know, ahead of time. But It's such a handy tool for a rapper. Yeah, yes it is. And yeah, you, you use that well. It's a great device. You know, there's even one where you do where you kind of reinterpolate uh, freestyle fellowships. I will not tolerate. Oh yeah, which is a great acapella. If you guys have never heard it, there's a group called Freestyle Fellowship out of Los Angeles. Say what? We will not tolerate. Yes, and it's it's like it's almost uh, beatings, lynchings, it's torture, a mantra, rapes, really, mass murderings of blacks. We are not your O R D I N A R Y R A P P E R N I G G E R S on our chest is wickedness. They're amazing. Yeah, and there, you have like a totally different, the version that you made is, it has mm. a different cadence than, this is the group. I knew that's the only way they would like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't I, do it exactly the yeah, same. I had to do it totally different yeah. they, they'd make fun of me. Yeah, and at the same time, I mean, you have to take into consideration the way that uh, we, you know, Tolerate was recorded was like right after the LA riots. It was like an acapella. They had riots in Milwaukee last year. Really? Yeah cop killed a black man. Interestingly enough, black cop killed a black man in Milwaukee and we had riots mm. and the whole city was burning. It smelled disgusting. We actually played a show that night in the city. Did you? Mm -hmm. It was like September 29th or something like that. Um, what? You smell it. Mm -hmm. You can smell it during the show? Yeah, uh, we stepped outside and it was just like, whoa, what's going on? And it was like smoke everywhere and just stank. It was crazy and we had to drive home and my Wife was with us, and at the time she was pregnant with my son, and we were just like, what the fuck? And like, people driving crazy, doing crazy shit. We were like, oh my God, we gotta get home. So before going into the show, it had nothing in Nothing, we had nothing no Nothing jumped off yet. Yeah, over the course of the show, someone was murdered and our city responded. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, man. So, I mean, and, and you can sort of sense some of that in the songwriting, too. Not that specifically, but there is a great deal of sort of, um, I don't know if angst is really the right mm. approach, but um, just uh, disappointment with people at times, <laughs> you know. And, like, it's just an interesting, yeah, I mean, it's hard to articulate, and I'm not going uh, try to try to explain, mansplain it on stage in front of everyone. I mean, it, I, I'll do it. I, I try to call, uh, call it like, you know, pessimistic idealism 
Um, there's a lot of philosophers who get down like that and poets. Um, two for me are Arthur Schopenhauer and Henry Dumas. And uh, yeah, you know, just a pessimistic idealism. When did you get like into like philosophy and, and stuff like that? Was it through in college through or through rap. school? Through rap my whole life, just growing up hearing, hearing philosophers make their, their stuff rhyme. And then like being around people who might read academic philosophy and hearing them say something and be like, oh, but I know that from this verse. I know that from Jizza. I know that from, you know what I mean? Being right. like, what are you talking about? That's in this rap song. And um, for me, it just built my whole background of philosophy. And then eventually I did go to college for philosophy. And that was where I read a lot of the more formal stuff that I know. But I don't put much, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't place more value on what I learned in college than what I learned from rap, philosophically speaking. Dope, yeah, I can dig it, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's the same for me. In fact, I, yeah, I went to college where I got a degree in journalism at Humboldt Dope. State University in Arcadia, California, Humboldt. Humboldt. Uh, yeah, where... Um, Did you learn how to uh, chop, chop? I didn't have to, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> but, but, um, but I knew a lot of people that did that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was writing for magazines at the time. I started a record label at that time called Female Fun Records, where I did a record with MF Doom and Prince Paul and uh, a bunch of other what people. What record? I, I did the first Special Herbs. I started Special Herbs. Wow. So the instrumental uh, thing that MF Doom did. Wow. Casually as, dropped as that. Been, well, that's not, I'm Doom. I have, yeah, on a couple occasions, yeah. Now it all changed. Whoa, dude. <laughs> You've met Doom? Yeah, we did it. We did wow. two records together. Um, yeah, we actually, um, but one time that we really spent any time together was in D&D Studios in New York when he was recording a song called My Special, My Favorite Ladies, which was a single. Yeah, I know that high song. Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Wow. Yeah. Um, especially because what's funny is on the B side, I think he dissed me on the record because he said he said something like, "I robbed Peter to pay Paul so she could trick it on Mary so they can have a ball or something like that." So I might have been misinterpreting that as it aimed to me because it is a it is a. Were we just talking about that song? Yeah, we were. That song is really that's sus. crazy. That's his most sus song. Says some really questionable shit on that song. Oh, where did I gotta re-listen to that? But you met Doom. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we spoke, we talked on the phone regularly too at that time. This is the year 2000, 2001, so it was a long time ago, it was a different... That's the exact relationship I'd love to have with him, just to talk on the phone He's a great conversationalist, I'll tell you that. I mean, um, he's a private guy, so you don't like, it's almost better to just have phone calls, because right. like, then you're not all up in someone's personal yeah, space, you're not dragging them out into a place they wouldn't rather be, you know, um, yeah. so... Yeah, it's interesting. There's some other people who are like, yeah, like you'll have, uh, there's a lot of people I've never met in person that I've talked to many, many, many times, you know, so, yeah. but uh, nevertheless. Yo, if you ever talk to him again, let him know. He's oh, yeah, for best. sure. For yeah, we sort of, re we reconnected recently too because I, I did a podcast with uh, Yo, his, for real. with Devin Horwitz who runs Nature Sounds. Yo, if he ever needs a beat, I got, I got so many beat tapes, just doom only. Put that on the shelf. Nice. Yeah, man, I would love to see that happen. I mean, you guys do have a similar, you're on a similar wavelength, that's for sure, too. I'm a biter. And He's then you said there was, you're not a biter, no. <laughs> Maybe inspired by it, or, um, or it's informed by some of his stuff. There was even a line that you did, too. It was like, you said something like, um, more I thens than MF Doom or something mm -hmm. like that. What was that? I messed up. Um, I flubbed that line. I can't even remember. Right. I got so many of them. I know, that's why it's so referential. For Doom especially, I got a lot of them because his are so good. Like, 
never let it interfere with the Yeti ghetto slang. You know. Oh slang. yeah, that's like, tough. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Dems of F. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of MF too. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, even the I'd love to talk a little bit more about um, your time in LA, or at least the artists in LA, yeah. because I do feel like that's a big. Um, you know, yeah. subsection of your career. I mean, you're, you know, you're just starting out too. I mean, really like you're, you're 25 years old, right? So I you're still, 25. you're a young man. You got a long career Thank in front you. of you too. And, and the, and the stuff that the two you guys are doing is really cool. I know this guy's very quiet and, and he's not, but he, this, I'm telling you this record that he just put out is really Yo, cool. I, I would highly advise Stone checking school. it out. Stone um, school, revolutionary. Oh yeah, so the, actually that reminds me too, that came out on Ruby Yacht. Yes, right? it did. We we're blessed and honored to put that out. Yes, and, and so you have a new, an actual formal new Milo album that's also yes. coming out on yes, Ruby I Yacht. Do. So that just got finished though, right? Yeah, real, uh, real recently, and it's, it's done more or less. I still need to get the art for it. I need to figure out what it looks like now. But yeah, the sound of it is totally done. So yeah, I, I mean, I would love to be able to, this, I think this is, we're hitting it at a very special time, a particular time, since mm -hmm. I haven't heard the material, it's brand new, and it would be interesting to hear you just describe it without, um, without anyone knowing what any of the music oh, is. Oh, plug it in, bro. I was gonna say, if you have an aux cable, Do you wanna hear I would play it. I don't, in fact, I think it's more interesting to just get some sort just of like it. visual description of it. You know, how, how did, um, without, there's not even a title or anything, is there? No, there's a title. Every song is titled and the album is called Who Told You To Think. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a phrase that I grew up hearing from my mom, that she grew up hearing from her mom. Um, and it's just like, you know, when you're a kid and you hear it, wow, I love you, thank you. Hell thank yeah. you so much, the aux. The power of free the radio, aux everyone. Only here at Waking Windows Back with something the like aux that. Y'all came in at the right thank time. You. Um, but it's a phrase that you hear when you're young and it really intimidates you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, who told you to think? Who yeah. told you to think? You know, like, oh, I thought, da, da, da. who told you to think, little boy? <laughs> Be quiet, you know what I mean? And then it gets to an age where it's like, you know, you're like, well, I can say whatever I want. And you kind of respond to it seriously. And then it gets to an age where you hear it and you love it and you're like laughing and you know that it's in jest and you know that you have full license to think and questions like that are a fucking joke. Right. And, you know, depending on yeah. how it's posed to you, you can answer back. Maybe if you're not, if it's yeah. a young child to their parent, it might, the repercussions of that reply back to the parent might, you know, end, uh, you know, not in favor of the right, child. Right, 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 right. But, I mean, it's a pretty uh, paradoxical question. I love that, that question. Because yeah. the answer is always no one. And, uh, you know, you have to give yourself that license. So the record is about as an artist just generating my own licenses to uh to ill so to speak uh -huh. and you know boundaries and melting them away yeah yeah i like it too i wanted to know too how you discern between because you have like another you do another project Word. so this you yeah but it's it, it's scallops hotel yeah scallops hotel is the name of that project scallops i'm sure hotel there's some cats the in the audience that are Hip to it, because there's two or three albums, right? Of that. Uh, yeah, I can't even remember. I got th I got three that I made last month. Oh, that's what's No up. lie. So now I forget which ones are even out. Right. Yeah. And a lot of them are cassettes that, like, really you can only, yeah. there are only 50 or 100 of them. Yeah, or Scallops, like I might now just switch to only analog. 
And Do that it. might become the distinction for scouts moving forward. You know what I mean? That's tight. Yeah. Well, then you have to like make a little bit of an effort to find it, get it when you yeah. can, and really come to the show, which is where you would be able to buy it, right? But also, like how I make that stuff, it lacks um, the number of hands that a Milo record has on it to make sure it sounds dope. So it's the cassette format is it sounds really good on tape. Right. And there's a way of listening to a tape where, you know, I think a lot of people is it really depends I guess on how old you are too perhaps. Um, is we all now want to be able to be like, "All right, I heard like the first verse. No, right. just, I'm going to the next song." Not yeah. not that I don't like this song, but we're just like we're so fucking programmed to just go to the next track, yeah. you know, just to be like whatever. You, know? yeah, you gotta let it ride. Even with DJs and shit now too, in the club too, where we only get like, you know, the first uh, few bars of a song. So listening to a cassette, you, you're able to listen to it in its entirety the way it was intended. It's fatter, you know. Yeah, it's cool. We like tapes a lot. Yeah, that's um, what's up, me too. But the distinction, I'm trying to kind of even blur that with this next record. I made a number of the beats on the next record. Um, under Scallops Hotel, and then it's rapper Milo on it. So it's like, I don't know, at this point, it doesn't even mean much of anything, does it? Um, they were making the distinction in projects was a way for me to get comfortable learning how to make beats. Now I'm at a place where I'm proud of everything I'm making, so there's no reason to cut it up. Yeah, that's what's up. So um, when is this, this new project coming out? I'm definitely going to drop a single by the end of this month. Okay. And I'm definitely going to put it out before summer is over. Okay. I'm just working hella hard on filling everything in and, you know, making sure I have all the uh, how did, assets, <laughs> like videos and again, right. art. I don't know necessarily what it looks like yet. Right. So just trying to figure that out. Um, so that's why I can't give a definitive date on when it's coming out. Do you conceptualize the music videos too? Because you have a bunch of music videos. Yeah, before. I've been filming them now. Really? Um, yeah, I did the last music video that I put out. I directed for Scallops Hotel, Neo Poetry Stipend. I just directed one with Al two weeks ago. Ah, very cool. Mm -hmm. I was trying to, in Milwaukee, there's this thing called the Noel Fellowship, and they give $10,000 every year to different um, filmmakers. Yeah. And so I went for it last year, and I was a finalist. My really? first year going, yeah. And oh, that's so, dope. Now I got a couple more videos under my belt. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try again. Oh, it's, it sounds like it's just a matter of time. Then it kind of feels like. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, that's it cool. Feels like that's very exciting. Thank I love you. the video. What's the one uh, where you're in the water and you're being like oh, exhumed shit. from the yeah. water? Ecclesiastes. I wrote that one with my boy West Tank. He's um, he's like our big homie in the film game and definitely someone who inspired me to pick up the camera and kind of start filming us rapping. He's a, he's like a constant geyser of inspiration. West Tank made that nice. video. Yes. Give it up, everybody, for Milo. Thank you. You've been listening to The Houseless. My name is Peter Agassin. I have a weekly podcast. It's called The Houseless Podcast. You can find it on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, and Google Play. Um, I came up here all the way from New York to do this. These cats uh, came from Milwaukee and been touring. Um, do not miss their performance tonight if, if, you, uh, if you can. And um, that sounds dope. I can't wait for the album Thank to come you, out. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Have a good one. Yes, 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 yes. That track was dope. Yes. Yeah, so end of the year or third quarter of the year. Look out for that. This fall, it's gonna be it's gonna be dropping Milo. Listen, if you guys wanna, if you aren't hip, I'm telling you, one, 
here's some seek this shit out basically ruby yacht which is the kind of the movement the label if you will for lack of a better word go to rubyyacht.com so that's where you can kind of like get a better grasp of the catalog of stuff and um sort of get a, a read on, on what these guys are doing what milo's doing and look and try to find uh the scallops hotel stuff because it's actually he's quite prolific as far as like these tapes go because there's some really cool shit i'm telling you like um just songwriting and um production and i guess the last i mean he had two records i would i would seek out the um a toothpaste suburb which came out 2014 and um he did another collab with um kenny siegel uh producer in la down with kind of the abstract rude i know they did a bunch of tracks as well as just the uh that whole kind of world of um the next wave of project blowed artists um so the files don't come check that out too and um i know i'd mentioned him in the beginning but he was with us uh, during the conversation safari al he uh he just put out a record called stone school that i would i would highly recommend as well which is in the same lineage and line as milo's stuff um, and I know you can hear it at uh, safariowl.bandcamp.com. Um, so peep both those dudes' joints out and, and find them and seek them out, please. Uh, you have been listening to The Houseless. It was definitely a pleasure. I, wa- I want to uh, send a thank you to the organizers of Waking Windows, the music festival in Winooski, Vermont, that I just came from, where we recorded this the staff and the organizers and all my friends up in Burlington um, and all the people that played. It was a lot of fun. I hope to come back next year. Um, And it was great. I'm glad I could share that with people. And I'm particularly thrilled that Milo was down to do it too. And it was a fun, exciting thing because we had never met each other. So uh, yeah, thank you. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you listen to podcasts on SoundCloud, repost this on SoundCloud for me. Um, just hit that repost button. That's all I ask. Uh, share this with people. I'm on Twitter as well, at HouselessPod. Feel free to just re- take the link, post it, send it to a friend. If you have a blog or a website or a newsletter or you're on college radio or something like that, just mention it and get the word out a little bit, especially if you're a fan of Milo. And, uh, you know, we're just doing this on the humble. It's a DIY type of thing. So just get the word out. That's all I ask. Um, as you can see, I don't have any advertisers. I'm not part of a big network. So my reach really comes from a uh, word of mouth, just like the way Andre 3000 listened to my Bobby Simmons episode and, and hit him and saw him backstage at an event and told him then it's the same way that, um, my folks in Virginia and the people in Northern California and in Brooklyn and in LA, the people that I know are listening a lot and overseas as well. I've, I've been seeing, I watch them, been monitoring it. I can see it at least on SoundCloud, you know? Yeah. Let's keep the word going out there. Thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Peter Augustin. I'm out of here. Thanks y'all later.